Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On Cowboys sent you. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Man, what... What is it going on? <laughs> it feels like the whole world is on fire, and, and there's lots of bad news out there, and we aren't gonna, you know, try to use the platform for anything more than just uh, an escape from all that right now. And I know yeah. that a lot of people are looking for that, so I'm excited to talk football be- just for the simple reason that it feels like uh, I've been talking about everything else in this world except for football <laughs> right. for a long time. Right. We're gonna get to some of your questions that you guys sent us yesterday, um, but before we do that, Landon. Uh, we got to pour one out for your brand just a little bit. Oh, the Cowboys man. will not be having training camp in Oxnard for the first time in I don't even know how long. Uh, the NFL mandated that the teams have to uh, do training camp at their own facilities. Now the Cowboys kind of luck out a little bit here considering uh, their facilities at Frisco are, are not too shabby. But uh, <laughs> how big of a blow is this to you personally, Lena, that you will not be able to go out to training camp? You know, honestly... Uh... It's it's one of those things where I was very heavily debating whether I felt comfortable going even if they held it. You know, I mean, yeah, it's for just, sure. it's it, that's even though it's outside, it, you know, just having been there a couple different times, there's not really a good situation for uh, social distancing and, and you're going to get close to people. And even with masks, it just seems kind of ugh, a little bit scary. So, uh it's it's bittersweet because at least the decision has been made for me uh yeah but but yep. at the same time yeah i'm pretty upset that you know this is a, a streak of i don't know six years seven years at that least I've gone. yeah yeah so yeah I, I, that part does not make me happy it's gonna be interesting to see if they're allowed to have any fans at training camp this you know this year because that's a lot of the ways that we get information right there's a lot of yeah. people on twitter that we both know and follow that um, give us really good practice updates. They give us videos. If we're not allowed to have fans at, at training camp, I mean, w- what kind of news are we really going to be able to gather out of those practices? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and, and I, you know, I, I hate to be kind of the, the negative Nancy here, but I, I will reversal. say, <laughs> I will say <laughs> that, that, uh, you know, that the, the Cowboys, because they have their own in-house media team and, and, uh, you know they they have their own internet news presence. Yeah, they aren't they aren't exactly you know open to uh, a lot of uh, outside you know coverage coming in. So I, I I thought you know maybe you look at it and and you think well maybe they'll open up the gates a little bit more for some blog types to come in and cover you know just just to kind of compensate for the fact that there aren't nearly as many fans sure, in there to sure. help kind of spread the word. I, I wouldn't necessarily hold my breath for that. I mean, I I, I, I think I'm going to make inquiries and, and see if that's possible. You know, if they are. I, and again, I, I don't know what the plan is at all for training camp. Maybe they're planning, still planning on having fans. I don't know. But if it's a case where it's reduced down to, you know, press and then maybe 
people that can get pre- press access. Maybe I'll reach out and see if I can get on that way. That might be okay. a little bit more tenable situation. But honestly, like I can't imagine a situation where if they're letting if they're not letting people into stadiums that they're going to let you know a, a whole crowd of people to come in inside the the, pra- the indoor practice facility to watch them practice. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. Um, again, we're still I don't know what five six weeks out from training camp, so we have a ways to go to see. Uh, what's going to happen? But uh, I'm I'm hopeful that we get a couple of our blogging buddies out there. Uh, Dallas Morning News, send your guy John Oni. That would be that'd be Definitely incredibly useful that. to all of yes. us. Yes. Um, all right, let's get to some of your questions, and we're going to start right with this one from at DaxZeke214. Um, he wants to know who are the Cowboys going to have as their primary punt returner this year because Randall Cobb is gone, Tavon Austin isn't back. Uh, CeeDee Lamb does have the ability to do it. He did it at Oklahoma. Trayvon Diggs did did it at Alabama. Uh, Who do you expect to be the Cowboys' primary punt returner in 2020? You know, I I mean, I understand understand the kind of general interest here. It just feels like every year this spot is less and less important. You know, there's punt returns is just not something that's that's happening a lot anymore, you know? It's like, and, and, and I, so, and I think that, that there is some spots where you can pick up some yards here and there, but it does feel like uh, uh, on the, and maybe that'll be, maybe that'll change with Bones and maybe he'll find ways to, to get, you know, a little bit better uh, opportunities for return on punts. But sure. uh, if I had to guess, I would say, First of all, I think they're going to have an open competition. So there's an opportunity for people that we hadn't thought about doing it. Maybe like Tony Pollard, who I know has kick return history, but I don't know if he's. I don't think he's returned punts at least that I've seen. Uh, I would say that the guy, you know, Jordan Lewis. I th- I'm pretty sure. I know he has yeah. college experience yep. doing it. Um, I, you know, he may be the guy that they look towards to be the kind of the safe returner. You know, like the the kind mm-hmm. of. The kind of the Cole Beasley, uh, Cole type. Beasley yeah, yeah. role, yeah, yep. and then maybe you know for like in the same way that they use Dez back in the day, maybe when they have like a long field and they know they're punting and there's going to be an opportunity for a turn, maybe that's when they stick CD Lamb out there and, and just see what he can produce. Yeah, you know what's funny when you when you say that situation where it's the long field, a lot of times the team is pinned back in their own what inside the ten yard line. Uh, you think of Dez, but the guy that I actually think of is. Terrence Newman. Remember when the Cowboys used to use Newman in that kind of role? They would yes, use Creighton as the, right. the safe guy, and then Newman would come in as the, the big play guy. Uh, that was always kind of fascinating to me. I, I um, never understood why they – back then, I guess I understand it more now, and I, I started to understand it more with Dez, but I definitely remember back then going, why doesn't Terrence Newman just return all these punts? Like, I agree. He was very, really good. being very frustrated, yeah. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they continue that kind of – safe and then you know big play return type situations yeah terrence newman for for a few years averaged like 10 yards of punt return for the cowboys pretty good return i never understood why uh they didn't let him do it more um especially in big games um really another guy just to, to keep in mind cedric wilson also has a little bit of punt return ability i could certainly see him kind of vying for that uh the safe role um, you know, I think you, sometimes you want a receiver back there that's good at judging the ball and, you know, pretty sure-handed. Would not be surprising if he kind of, you know, puts his name into that competition and it's just another way to get him on the roster. So uh, keep an eye on Cedric Wilson. 
Um, just wanted to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control mod modules, brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their website is incredibly easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always incredibly low and they're the same for the professionals and the do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box and let them know that we sent you. Again, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Lynn, and our next one comes from at Yuma Cactus. Um, this is a good one. Who was the best player you would consider moving in a Jamal Adams trade? We talked about the potential of trading Michael Gallup a couple weeks ago. I think both you and I were against that. Uh, but who is somebody that you'd be willing to give up to to, to acquire Jamal Adams? <sighs> you know, I mean, I, first of all, I think... I don't know that there's anyone that I would be willing to give up that would be good enough for a one-to-one -one trade for Jamal Adams. So let's probably not. So it probably would be like somebody in a pick, right? Yeah, or in a yeah, so a package deal, right? So uh, keeping that in mind, I think that it's going to have to probably be an offensive lineman. I would think mm. because mm. I think that you're going to get more bang for your buck there. Uh, and you also have, you know, uh, some, some stock there, you know, some, okay. some, uh, well, this is interesting. Now let's talk about the offensive lineman that you would be willing to trade. Now I'm assuming it's not any of their big three offensive linemen, right? No, definitely not. I mean, I, I just wouldn't trade any of those guys. Yeah, because uh, even a good offensive tackle or offensive guard is just worth more than a in-the-box in safety. Yeah, right. so I would say, like, you know, Joe Looney has some starting experience. I don't know if he has any trade value, so, per No, se. probably not, no. But, you know, if maybe, you know, you felt comfortable with what Connor McGovern was doing, okay, could you, could you trade Connor Williams? Or could you? So you're Connor saying like McGovern? Connor Williams, Connor Williams in a two? Yeah, I mean, let me be clear. Yeah, any trade that involves a player for Jamal Adams, like the player is is the the topper. Like, okay. you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't. There's no player that, like I said, there is no player that is simultaneously good enough to trade one one for one for Jamal Adams that I also would be willing to trade for Jamal Adams. You know sure. what I'm saying? Like, sure, sure. So I think any player that I mean, this we're just kind of trying to fit a topping, you know, a cherry on top of a Sunday when we talk about the players here, because I think the bulk of what the the compensation for Jamal Adams would be is in, in a draft pick. I agree. Um, the first name that came to my mind is a certain running back, but then I remember that the Jets overpaid a bad running back last year in Le'Veon Bell. Mm. So uh, I don't think Dallas is going to do that. Um, what about a linebacker? Would you move either Jalen or Leighton Vanderesh for Jamal Adams in a package? Um, now, because you do have some depth that you like. You have guys that you feel comfortable starting in Joe Thomas and Sean Lee and some guys down the depth chart. 
And if you get Adams, you can almost use him as a linebacker in certain situations. So would you be willing to move on from Jalen or Van Der Esch for Adams? Uh, maybe. Which one has more trade value? That's a, that's a tough one right there. The the Jalen Smith, who's actually been more durable in the NFL than Van Der Esch, uh, but also carries a bigger contract, or Van Der Esch with a neck injury but the cheaper contract. You know, I, I have to think that, that it, Van Der Esch would be the more tradable piece because Jalen's contract is, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not far off from what Jamal Adams is asking for, right? No, I mean, it's not. No, it's, it, now it's a little better because you, you know, because he's a I linebacker and he's got pass yeah. rushing. I, I mean, I don't mind yeah. it as much, nearly as much as you know. Yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I think the, the, I don't, I don't imagine that they're trading away Jamal Adams. Well, maybe, you know, maybe if it's, if it's a personality issue, right? If it's, if it's a thing where. You know they're they're worried about uh, uh, you know a situation similar to what happened with J- uh, Jalen Ramsey, right? Where they sure, just don't, they sure. don't think they're going to be able to re-sign him, and they just at this point they have to get rid of him. You know, uh, trading that guy for Jalen Smith, who you know I, I think is the similar kind of inspirational locker room leader type, and and I think can make plays. I mean, they're different positions, but they kind of would provide similar skill sets in a lot sure. of ways. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know that that's, that's so terrible. It's just, I mean, but I think that that would, again, you, you're not really saving a ton of money. Um, you're, you're, you're not getting the, the, the extra... I mean, you're probably not getting that anyways with Adams. I was gonna say the extra year of cheap labor in the five, so, fifth year, but but he's got to sign a contract either way. So I think it could happen. That that could be something. I just I just don't. It's not realistic to me. No, it's not. What about? I I think if you're going to make a trade, the the Van Der Esch one is interesting, right? Because Van Der Esch is pretty cheap right now. Uh, the Cowboys have already paid most of his his contract out. Um, now you get the fifth year option, so you locked them up through 2022. <laughs> that's a fun one you probably would have to send a pick back because of you know the because of the injury you know history but at the same time Jamal Adams is gonna wants to be paid right away so uh that's that's kind of a fun hypothetical would you rather have Van Der Esch or Jamal Adams I yeah, don't know it's it's uh uh yeah it's 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 interesting because the the the, the compensation there is so complex you know yep. that it, that it's an interesting balancing equation. I agree. Um, how about this question, Landon? This one is from Mauricio. Uh, how will McCarthy's scheme impact the Cowboys' running game? I know Kellen Moore is the offense coordinator, but there has to be a little bit of a change in mentality in terms of the running game. Correct? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, if anything, that's you know, the change there is is about. The, the the move the offensive line the cord offensive line coach and, and and the run game coordinators you know being changed I mean I think uh, if anything like I said we've mentioned before you know McCarthy has shown a lot of propensity to be a fan of 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 uh, what's happening with Shanahan out in San Francisco I, I you know I think you know when you look back at his his uh, past in, in uh, Green Bay. They were a big wide zone team there too. So uh, to me, you've got a team that's got players on your offensive line that you know came into the league in a zone blocking system, in a wide zones based system. Uh, 
over the years they've kind of developed a couple of 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 power and man blocking stuff you know the 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 g power is obviously one that they've had a lot of success where they pull the guards uh and they've they've had some some success with uh duo and 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 some of that which you know it really isn't that far off from from wide zone blocking schemes either uh, right. So right. I would imagine that if, if anything, it's just probably a shift back to a larger percentage of using the wide zone system. Uh, I, I, you know, I can't imagine that they're just going to throw away some of the man and power concepts, the gap and power concepts that that they ran well. I, I imagine that they will continue to try to use those and mix them in. But I would imagine the change that we will see is more likely just in a uptick of percentage of usage of of wide zone and then potentially right. a little bit more inside zone as well just because i think that's where uh philbin uh, feels comfortable uh and that's you know that's where he's he's spent most of his time kind of teaching the the particulars of of running the wide zone i i just went back while you were talking and looked at all of mccarthy's running backs from this last decade um, with the Packers and it, a lot of different names that led the team in rushing between Eddie Lacy, uh, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams led it one year, Ty Montgomery. For the most part, they're all highly, highly efficient. And I don't think any of those guys are considered great running backs. Maybe Aaron Jones is the best of the group, but I don't think any of them are special. Um, I do think this is going to be great for Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. I think they're going to run into the lightest boxes that they've ever seen in, the, in their career. Uh, I think they're going to be a little bit more unpredictable when it comes to running. Uh, I believe our friend Daniel Houston was showing a couple days ago how Green Bay was one of the most pass-happy teams on first down. Um, Dallas has been pretty much the opposite during the Jason Garrett era. So I just think it's going to be a more efficient running game, and I think that's going to prove to be very, very beneficial uh, to Ezekiel Elliott and to Tony Pollard. Um, Landon, this next one from at TD Lamp. Uh, would love to hear more about the UDFAs that the Cowboys brought in. Which player has the the best shot of cracking the final roster? Uh, we've kind of talked about this one before. We've talked about the guys that we think have a chance. But of all the UDFAs the Cowboys brought in, which one do you think has the best chance to to make this roster and potentially contribute right away? Sorry, yes, I'm, like, I'm very yep. I'm, I'm pontificating quite a bit uh, behind the mute. Uh, I think <laughs> a, a lot. Uh, a lot of it is going to depend on opportunity. You know, I mean, a lot of it is not necessarily even going to be based on the individual UDFA's uh, skill set. I mean, I think it's going to depend on the situation they're going into. Uh, I think that if you look at the group, uh, you know, the guys who I think probably have the the most skill sets, right? Like the the, the, the if, if we're if, if we're just looking at them all evenly, right? Yeah. I think if you look at guys like uh, Rondell Carter, uh, Charlie T, um, mm-hmm. you know, probably Sean, Sean McEwen, McEwen, maybe a little bit. Yeah, Sean McEwen, yep. Aaron Parker, I think is another one. Those guys probably are the more, you know, it just in a in a vacuum, starting on a on a neutral team. Those are probably some of the better players that are coming out of this UDFA crop. Now, having said that. I would say that Seu Olalanalua, like mm-hmm. because he's coming into a fullback spot, he, and, and because sure. he can play a little bit of both, and probably be some special teams, that gives that guy a little bit better advantage than the rest of these guys, right? Francis sure. Bernard is yep. another guy who I probably should have mentioned in that group before of of the more talented of this group as a whole. 
uh, he, you know, he's coming into a, a room that's already very stacked, right? That's already got a lot of depth. But especially playing, at the top, yeah, yeah, especially at the top. But he's playing uh, a position that can easily be uh, uh, worked into the the roster, you know, through special teams. So I think guys like him have more of an opportunity. I think the people that you know are going to struggle. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Parker. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Parker. <laughs> Aaron uh, Rodgers struggling to make the Aaron Cowboys Aaron really know. Really going to struggle to beat out Andy <laughs> Dalton. It's going to be tough to see if he can get that back in quarterback role. Uh, uh, Aaron Parker. Uh, shout out to Ben Baldwin. Uh, yeah, there you go. Aaron Parker. Uh, you know, I think he has a lot of talent. I mean, you, you did a, a kind of a deep dive and probably know even more than I do about him. Uh, I, I think he, you know is probably Lance Lenore plus, you know, he's got yep. his, he's got like a, a little bit better body and maybe a little bit better athletic ability. Um, but again, like he's coming into a situation where you have a lot of depth up top, you have a lot of depth in the middle. So it's the guys that you already want to see. So it, it makes that equation a little bit, but a little bit more difficult. I would say if I had to pick like two or three of these guys who I thought was going to make the team, I think Rondell Carter, just because I think there's a lot of uncertainty at edge, and I do think that if I think he has talent that is, it just hasn't been revealed yet because everyone's watching his tape with caveats, right? Everyone's watching yep. his tape saying, yep. "Okay, well he's playing against accountants. What's he going to do when the NFL guys show up?" So I, I think he has that chance just because he has some athleticism there. Uh, I think Luther Kirk. Potentially is a guy who could name, be yeah. a, 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 a a kind of dark horse guy that 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 shows up because uh, you know there's there's just a lot of chaos at, at the cornerback and defensive back position and so there there's mm-hmm. a very high chance that if he just has a really good camp and performs well that he could come in and steal one of those spots so uh, who who are you looking at I think I named a couple who's some of the guys yeah I, think? I mean I. I think you named them all. The two that stick out to me are Aaron Parker because after the top three at the wide receiver position, I don't think there's anybody that's a lock to make the roster. Like I could see, I could see Noah Brown getting cut. I could see Noah Brown making the team. Same with Cedric Wilson and all those guys. So I think Aaron Parker certainly has a chance. There's going to be three of those guys probably on the team. Uh, I think he could fit in there. And then Francis Bernard, just because um, we talked about the linebackers. I think the top four are pretty good. After that, it gets a little dicey. Um, he could probably make a you know a play on special teams or two. Uh, we know that Bones again likes to have defensive guys on the special teams unit, so maybe he fits in there. Um, and the last one, I, I kind of like Terrence Steele, the offensive tackle from Texas yeah. Tech. He's probably not going to make it. He probably needs a year on the practice squad. But if he shows anything in training camp and preseason, anything, he's going to make a roster just because. Position. There's not a lot of good offensive tackles out there, right? It's just it's hard to find even decent developmental guys. So if he has a stretch, you know, a two game stretch in the preseason where he doesn't give up a sack and just looks adequate, maybe the Cowboys hold on to him and develop him as a you know as a swing tackle. Um, so I mean, again, a fantastic UDFA class for the Cowboys. That's uh, really really exciting. Uh, I'm I'm anxious to get to training camp and preseason to watch some of these guys. Real, real um, quick on Terrence, go, yeah, go ahead. Quick on Terrence Steele, I, I, I he's one of those guys who I think either he's a practice squad guy, or he's on the roster, or he's on another team. Yeah, like you know, I, 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 I don't actually, and I, I didn't even mean to phrase it like that. I don't even know that he may. I think he's on somebody else's practice squad or somebody else's team, or on this team. Because I don't think he makes it to our practice squad. I, and the reason I say that is because 
the Cowboys, obviously at this point, notorious for having offensive line depth. If they're sure. cutting an offensive sure. lineman and he even looks decent, in, you know, teams are already going to be watching our depth chart. There's a very high likelihood that that guy get, gets claimed and put on somebody else's, you know, the bottom OT on somebody else's roster. I, I just, I, I have a hard time believing that if he plays well, that the Cowboys are going to be able to sneak him onto their own practice squad. Now, maybe well, if a, nobody claims point. him, uh, maybe. But I, I do think that if he has even a decent, decent preseason, there's no chance the Cowboys will sneak him onto the practice mm-hmm. squad. They need to either keep him or give up, give him up, and realize that they're not going to get him back. Yeah, that's a that's a really fair point. Just remind, wanted to remind you guys that today's episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is brought to you by Bill Bar. Again. Right before we came on the show, I had to make sure I grab grabbed the Bill Bar and went with the peanut butter brownie. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, if you've never tried a Bill Bar before, let me tell you this. They are by far the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate, real peanut butter with amazing flavors. The best part is it's a low-calorie bar with a ton of protein packed in with no crazy additives. If you want to get in on Bilt Bars, just go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box. All right, Landon, we'll finish up with this question. This one from Raphael. Uh, how do you think the starting defensive backs are going to look like in week one? Um, I, I huh. think this is one of the positions that is really up for grabs. Who's going to start at cornerback? We probably know Xavier Woods is going to be the, the free safety, maybe, or start one of the safeties. Yep. Uh, Awuzier and HaHa Clinton-Dix are fighting out for some spots. Uh, how do you anticipate it, it happening for the Cowboys this year? I mean, it, it, it really is, you know, we're doing this positional series and eventually we're going to get to this cornerback and defensive back room. It's just chaos, man. Like, there, I mean, there's just, a, there's a lot of numbers. You know, there's a lot of people that, uh, that you, I think, and I think that that's how they're going to attack the, the position is they have a lot of numbers at the position. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, there could be an opportunity. There could be a thing here where starting cornerback may depend on who's lining up on the field. You know, like I, I do wonder if they don't kind of use some interchangeability of guys like Daryl Worley and Maurice Canada. You know, some of these kind of free agent guys like really hinging on the type of wide receiver they're facing. Yeah. You know, so I kind I, of forgot about Worley and Kennedy to be honest. You know, you, we shouldn't though. You know, I mean, we should. No, we shouldn't. I, I, I agree because we got uh, there's so many additions, but I, I don't think that it was just coincidence that they signed. I, I, I tend to think that they they're signing a number of cornerbacks for a reason. I I, I I think that there is much more a high likelihood that they are going to try to, you know, kind of use a and not that we have the talent that Bill Belichick in New England has, but try to use that kind of of mix and match of, of of specific skills in the defensive backfield to mix and match versus whoever our opponent's wide receivers are. So it, it feels like they're going to probably go a little deeper at corner this year than in previous seasons, right? Yeah, because I think there's some years they went in with just four. Now I know sometimes they've kept five, and that last guy has been a special teamer. But I, to me, it feels like they're going to carry five guys that actually can contribute right away. I think the number, if I remember correctly, in the past has been ten. You know, between, Ten total defensive backs. between yeah. corners and safeties. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was 11 or 12 this year just because, you know, yeah. again, factoring in, like we said, I think they want to play a lot of different corners at different points. 
I think that uh, you know the uptick to, in in need for defensive players because of special teams not likely to be be played by uh, wide receivers that sort of thing as much this year. They're going to want defensive players playing more of these special teams, so probably can afford to bring uh, carry a couple extra corners. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's. I think that obviously they're going to focus on Trayvon Diggs. I think Anthony Brown will obviously be very heavily in the mix. That third corner, that you know, that may depend on on a week to week basis. It may depend on a yeah. matchup basis. You know, Chidobi Awuzie may be playing corner one week and safety the next week. You know, it, sure. it's it's you know it's really interesting. I mean, even like someone like Daryl Worley. Maybe Daryl Worley is just here for to be a tight end eraser, you know. Sure. Maybe, you know, yeah. because he had so much success as you as you could point out with the Raiders against you know a, a, a brutal AFC West uh, uh, for for tight ends. So, um, you know, I think that there's a lot. I think the I, the idea is to give them options and and so that they can mix and match this as best they can. And, and that's you know who who's the starting two is important or whatever. But I think the idea is that. They want to use a variety of players and use all their skill sets to kind of match up with whoever they're facing that week. Two things before we we uh, go. I'll make a prediction right now. I think Trevon Diggs is one of their starting corners, one of their starting outside corners in week one. I From everything that we've kind of heard and the whispers, there's a lot of people in the organi- organization that believe he's the best corner on their team right now. I just think they're going to want to get him on the field and play him as much as they can. Um, the second is you brought up Daryl Worley, but um, he is somebody who is absolutely fantastic against bigger receivers, uh, bigger receivers and tight ends. Um, I'll be curious to see what, how they use him because if they're going against a team like uh, Philadelphia, who has you know Goddard and Ertz, yeah, I could certainly see him you know playing against those guys. But at the same time, I think he matches up really well with the likes of Alshon Jeffrey and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside on the outside. So if you want, to, if they decide to go with those two twin towers on the outside, and you want to use Diggs and Worley to cover those corners or those receivers, I think that makes a lot of sense too. So I'm hopeful that the Cowboys are going to be a little bit more flexible to rotating the corners depending on the matchup. Uh, that's something that Dallas hasn't really done uh, much over the last couple of years, but I do think that's uh, intriguing with the number of corners they have. And again, you mentioned it, probably 10, 11 defensive backs this year. I think they'll make those numbers work one way or the other, whether it means calling a Wouzier a safety or whatever and maybe going a little lighter there. Uh, I think they'll figure it out. But it's going to be fun watching all these guys in camp and in preseason try to figure out their roles uh, entering the 2020 season. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure you are following Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show again at Locked on Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.